Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where I help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of business research into 22 minutes of powerful conversations filled with knowledge, stories, and advice to help you achieve your one-year goal in 90 days. From national stages to your earbuds, I'm here to tell you that it's possible to have a profitable and sustainable business without the fear of overwhelm and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's all mojo and none of the fluff. It's time to get motivated in 22 minutes. Welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. This is our brand performance podcast. And today our performance conversation is with Jason Richmond. The reason that I've chosen Jason is, let me just give you an understanding of who he is. Jason is a widely recognized authority on helping companies build strong, sustained revenue growth by empowering their employees and developing energizing office cultures. I mean, right there, who doesn't want an energized office culture? During his 20-year career, Jason has assisted organizations ranging from startups to Fortune 100 companies. He has a book out, and it's called Culture Spark. It's the five steps to ignite and sustain organizational growth. It's been praised by corporate leaders as a groundbreaking, inspiring resource and highly readable. So, Jason, I'm excited to jump into this episode with you to talk culture. Okay, why did you get into culture? What is it about Jason that is such an expert in this area. You know, Marlo, my, my whole really substantial professional career over the last 20 plus years have, has been in organizational development, all the way from learning and development to, to strategy, executive, executive coaching, and so forth. And I, I realized quite a few years ago that every component of organizational development has an impact or a correlation to the organizational workforce, the, the, the organizational culture, if you will. And, and it just became passionate. I've traveled the world. I lived all over the world. I lived in Australia for three years. That passion just kind of grew actually firsthand witnessing different cultures from different countries, from different people, from different races and creeds, and, and that, that passion to be inclusive and to learn. And I've always been a continuous learner. Yes. And, and, and I think the, the study of culture has really allowed me to, to fuel that, if you would. And that's where the book came from, was years and years and years of research and interactions with executives and best practices. It wasn't me just sitting down, writing down my thoughts and ideas, but it really was based on the best practices of you know hundreds of different executives and companies that have dynamic workplace cultures. Yes. Okay. So when it comes to workplace culture, give us the standout ingredients that you find, Jason, that really makes for a great workplace organization that keeps them energized, like you state. I get this question quite a bit, actually. You know, what, uh, based on all the research and all my experience, what are some of these common threads or, or themes that, that are in a, a dynamic workplace culture. And I really narrow it down to, to two. And one is authenticity. And people define authenticity differently, that, that's for sure. But people, you wear authenticity on your sleeve from, from executives, from department heads to leaders, to individual contributors. I mean, in today's world and where we're at, people want the real deal. They want, they want real authenticity. And that's not just internally, that's externally. That's our external brand. That's the image we want to portray as an organization. So authenticity is, is one. And the other one is transparency. Uh, transparency in our communication, 
transparency and you know what's in it for our organization, what's in it for our people. Um, it, it's more of an inclusive, transparent uh, communication environment that drives um, high-performing cultures. So I'd say those two things really stick out the top of my mind. Yeah. Okay. So as you have navigated this path, authenticity, yes, it sounds simple, but so many people are resistant to just be themselves. Everybody wants to be real, but like, how do you help people inspire their authenticity and then be transparent in that space as well? Like, what do you, what do you recommend? We do an awful lot of coaching and, and, and work in this space with all levels within an organization. A lot of it, sometimes it's, it, sometimes it's just blind spots. I mean, there, I would say more than most, people aren't purposefully not being authentic or coming across that way. It's really a leadership blind spot for them that they're just not consciously aware that they're coming across that way. And, and sometimes it's that you know, direct feedback and, and coaching that helps. The other thing is, is you see elements of ego that plays in the organization all over, and and a level of competition, and and a lot a level of ranking, and we get into that and see that a lot with silos when you know managers and leaders rate themselves based on certain metrics of budgets and headcount and all those types of things. So a lot of times, what we'll focus on is breaking down those silos and creating more of a cross-functional understanding within organizations to be able to come across more authentic and more transparent. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I get it. Obviously I'm, I'm in this, you know, personal development space. And so I understand it. And, and as you're speaking that, I mean, I'm hearing the words like, you know, we need to validate people to be the, their authentic self. We need to allow them to honor themselves because I think a lot of times we just don't, you know, maybe we're seeking permission to honor that space of just being transparent, being authentic. And sometimes it takes that for people to, to step into it. So as I speak that, Jason, what are you hearing me describe? Like, Because I know that your, your wheels are spinning on that. Well, it, it is, Marlo. And I, again, what you'd said there, you have to allow people to show their authentic self. And, and that's one of the key pillars of, of a lot of dynamic cultures is empowerment. I mean, you have to empower people to be who they are and capture all the best qualities and contributions that that individual brings to the table. And, and when you do that, when you consciously, subconsciously, create a culture that allows that, you'll have a higher level of authenticity. Once you're accepting of who people really are and their ideas and their thoughts and, and their contributions, authenticity will raise within an organization. Yeah. Yeah, and so as organizations, I mean, in order to bring that forward, I think we, you know, to, to be able to empower somebody, we have to fully trust them. And sure. once you have that level of trust that is built, then I think it is easy for people to show up to, you know, not feel like they're being judged or criticized for being just who they are. And right. I think there's a fear. And that's why when you, you know, we talk about ego and competition. Yeah, I think that fear then can kind of root itself into that space as well. So, yeah, these are all just fascinating things. And as you're speaking, you know, I, I look at these bigger words. So how can you help when somebody who is struggling in this space or an organization, what is the first recommendation you would make in order for them to build their culture? The first recommendation I, I would make is to step back and really put time and effort into clearly defining what, what you want your culture to be, right? And and. Nine out of 10 times when we start working with an organization, 
Um, there is a lot of different perceptions of what our current culture really is. And there's, there's not really a clear direction of what we'd like it to be. And that's step one, defining what that culture should look like. What should it feel like? What, 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 what are the values and, and pillars of this culture? You know, what's our culture going to stand for? And, and you got to start there. I mean, I, I, you know, and a lot of people could jump in a vehicle and drive from coast to coast and eventually get to the other coast. But a roadmap or a little bit of direction on exactly how they're going to get there is going to make their trip a lot more efficient. Yeah. Yes. And organizations too need to hold them, you know, their teams accountable. They need to hold their employees accountable to that. Because if somebody goes off course in your um, example there, you know, we need to be able to pull them back in and say, like you said, create that awareness and say, you know, do you realize that maybe you're not you know, in that space where, you know, you empower you to be and you're just a little off course. So that accountability feature, not letting you as an organization drop the ball to hold those people to that, then set that golden standard yeah. to be that way. Yeah. Because a lot of people, you know, once it's one thing to speak and set an expectation, but if, you know, it's kind of hard to, as you get in the motions, I think people get lazy, right? Yeah. And that's where culture falls off a little bit. That's right. And it's got to be deliberate. Right. Yes. As long as your actions are, are supporting that cultural vision and, and it's delivered actions, you know, you'll be on track. Yeah, it's a constant key ingredient and one that cannot be missed, just like you said, with strategic planning or any other revenues generated, plans built, it, it needs to be a core foundation. Okay, so we always like to help people. And I, I, I want to pick your brain on this one. Let's say you're getting to, you have a one-year goal. What kind of advice Jason, would you give to somebody who is trying to do that in a 90-day time frame? Accomplish a one-year goal. Goal in 90 days. Yeah, yeah. With like, and use culture as your um, your vehicle. How would you How would you recommend people do that? Um, I I would recommend from a, from a business standpoint, from a business goal. Let's say you know, let's, whether it be 12, it's a 12-month goal and you want to accomplish it in 90 minutes. My recommendation or insight is you're not going to accomplish that alone. Mm. That, that, you know, any type of business initiative, organizational initiative, you're going to have to rely on other people. And it's, it's that team of people and it's the involvement of those people that really need to be nurtured and considered and, and, and taken into consideration and built in order for you to accelerate the timeline and getting your goal achieved. Love it. Yes, that support, right? And I love that. Yeah, getting people on board and to support the desire to make that a reality. Um, because all we're talking about is that variable of time, right? It's possible. You have to just kind of like, you know, change up your time element. But uh, like you said, with the right type of support and direction, that's where we can easily take people. Okay, so Jason, give us, um, you have traveled a lot and travel is one of those things that you enjoy. Can you share an experience of one of those travel experiences that really stood out to you when it came to witnessing culture in a different way? I would have to say that there's been several, but from a, in relationship to a, a business culture analogy, it has to do with the level of Trust. I spent uh, time actually living in Australia. There was a long period of time for typical business practices and business acceptance to be to be made until you demonstrated that level of trust with the local culture. 
because people coming from the outside in any type of culture sometimes will will, will create fear or fear of the unknown. And it's that level of inclusion and inclusiveness and transparency, and it takes time. I mean, I think, and I think that was one of my biggest lessons learned is the, the importance and the power of having the level of trust with people in order to accomplish what you want. That really was cemented into me when I just transferred and decided to live in Australia for a while. Okay, give us the reason why you chose that, Jason. What was what what gave you that leap of faith to do that? Uh, passion to passion to go to the other side of the world. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the U.S. You know, passion to to experience that that being abroad, you know, perspective. The passion of the continuous learning, um, and I'm I, of course, I'm personally, I'm a little bit kind of an adventure person. I like to scuba dive, and I, you know, like to fly, and I like to you know climb and repel and you know I like to do some of these things and and you know I just I was always been drawn to that country and it was just kind of fun and it was an adventure and and it just fueled my fire for continuous learning. And there are spaces in Australia where you can actually snow ski and scuba dive in the same day. I mean, you, yeah, yes. I mean, so you, you, you've kind of hit um, all, all variables there. Plus, yeah, but, um, their culture is very laid back too. Wouldn't you say, I mean, people in Australia have a different take on like the speed absolutely, which they absolutely. love. And when you start really digging into culture, there, there's two sides of culture. There's the perceived culture, and then there's the reality of the organizational culture in the business. And I always try to stress, you know, don't don't get sucked into your your assumptions or, or the perceived. And, and you see this in generational cultures. I mean, people have these perceptions of the millennial culture, right? And perceptions about work ethic and things like that. But if you peel back the onion, those those assumptions are wrong, right? So so you really have to you you have to experience the culture to really to really differentiate what's perceived and what's reality. And right. that's the fun. And that's why I go back to you gotta start with defining what you want it to be. Right. Okay. So this is where I kind of want to come in starting into the close. You know, um, how has the pandemic impacted where we're at with culture today? I mean, because more and more people, you know, we're not in that face-to-face contact. We're kind of doing these virtual things across the way. And how has it impacted us? I think it's put another level of accountability and importance on that frontline and middle management group across any organization. You know, when people were in the offices, when they were working in the same building, uh, it was it was a lot easier to have your touch points. It was a lot easier to meet in the break room. It was a lot easier to start a sidebar conversation when you were passing in the hall. Now this level of person has to be a lot more deliberate and action-oriented and make it a point to reach out to their team members, their peers, their direct reports, and so forth, to have those same types of conversations. That puts a level of complexity into, into their role, but I think it's a critical piece that needs to happen. It is. You're right. And you have to, yeah, you really have to step up now more than ever and have the confidence that it takes to ask for the conversation, you know, because like you said, you're not in that enriched environment where everybody's together and people just sense that emotional intelligence of what's going on. It's now, it's like, I have to pick up the phone and have to say, hey, Let's connect on something. And that can be a kind of a scary thing to do, but it also feeds into what you say is, you know, if an organization is really strong in that space, people will feel confident to come forward and to have those conversations. 
Absolutely. Excellent. Okay. So Jason, where can we find you? Share um, social media. How can we add you to our circle of influence? Well, um, the website, www.culturespark.io. Um, and, and you'll find, you'll find the ideal outcomes website. Also www.idealoutcomesinc.com. And you'll also find there a lot of different cultural tools, a lot of blogs, a lot of information, a lot of thought leadership around culture. Um, and, and that would be the best way to find me LinkedIn, um, at, uh, Jason Richmond. If, if you just search Jason Richmond for on LinkedIn, you're going to find me and be able to contact me and connect with me there also. And email would be Jason at culturespark.io. Super. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Jason. This has been a very enlightening conversation. So to learn more about Jason Richmond, you can also visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can add Jason to your circle of influence, connect to his resources and purchase his book. Again, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Marlo. It was my pleasure. We invite you to share this podcast with others and thank you in advance for your partnership. If you enjoyed the episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway on our Performing Get Paid Community Facebook page. This is where we'll engage and respond to your questions. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach passionate entrepreneurs like you to achieve complete confidence and clarity to reach your one-year goal in 90 days. Learn how you can get more done in less time with my number one proven formula for consistency and clarity. Simply go to go.marlohiggins.com to download. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo.